If Noah Kim starts in two weeks, the following podcast, you'll be greeted with the soothing sounds of a Yuletide fire. In reality, it's the three of us self-immolating. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined as always by the guy whose football-related hunger strike would be more meaningful if he ate actual food, Kevin Grek, and the guy who's never been to the tin can and doesn't know how chalkboards work, Alex Plum. Ooh. Uh, I, think it, I think on the wall it said, who's Noah? I said, <laughs> was, that was not, it was like, who's, who's, who? Who's what? Snooze Noah? Something like that. Uh, after the abomination, uh, guys, I just want to say it's nice to see you both. Um, yeah. It's more pleasant yeah, than whatever that was on NBC. Yeah. Yeah. NBC. I look forward to talking about this program and this team for the next hour. Yeah. <laughs> Is that, this seems Have like you time seen the Twitter questions? Well One hour? Spent. Uh, there will be basketball and hockey conversation, everyone. Because we need it. Uh, we, we will thank everyone, uh, of course, for listening uh, and for the massive turnout for Twitter questions. Spoiler alert. Uh, thank you all for engaging and listening. If we could ask a small favor, please continue to share the pod with Spartans in your life. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get podcasts. And of course, follow us on Twitter at SpartanRscorePod and Instagram if you're feeling feisty. Same address. Um, Plum, what are we doing this week? Gentlemen. What is there to talk about? Though we've got a lot to talk about, this podcast always kicks off, though, behind the green wall, where football, despite its meteorically negative performance, will continue to lead. We'll discuss the Iowa game. We'll get into some of the details, program updates, Tucker updates, NIL collective catastrophic updates. We've got to <laughs> talk basketball. we got to talk hockey because hope springs eternal on this podcast. We will not head off Grand River because what the fuck is there even to talk about? We might preview a game next week. Oh, no, we won't. We got a bye week, babies. We got a bye week to lose. To lose. Lose maybe someone's job. I don't know. And then we'll take your Twitter questions, all 652 of them. Easily the largest Twitter question turnout, (laughs) (laughs) which is saying something. Apparently, people needed to get their feelings out. Uh, All right. Let's get our feelings out and we're going to start with football. Uh, There's nothing good to say, generally speaking, uh, but we're going to start with the Iowa game. So I I have this sensation that I want to describe to you guys before. So we're going to start with feelings. We're going to start with feelings. Let's start with feelings. So, you know, we were 10 point dogs on the road and we were up by 10 at one point, right? Right. Well, this is kind of where I'm going. Normally, in these situations, uh, my heart will tell me, we got a chance in this game. We might win. But my brain will tell me, you just did the preview on this team. It doesn't look good. We're going to lose for X, Y, or Z reasons. That's normally how we, I go into these games. This game was the opposite. My brain told me that I was a dumpster fire and we have a real chance at actually winning this game if we can put something together. But my heart told me, there's no way it'll happen. And no that feeling, mm-hmm. it just continued throughout the entire game. Even when we were winning with five minutes to go yeah. and all we needed to do was score a touchdown to ice the game, I knew in my heart 
it was no, not yeah, going to happen, happen and there was yeah. no chance of it. Correct. Is it because you'd seen one offensive touchdown in the last three games? Is that no, why? No, it's because he's a good Spartan of the last 20 yeah. years. Yeah. Uh, this is how it is for us. Um, I, I don't believe in hexes, but they're real. They're very, very <laughs> I don't believe real. in this, but it's real and it's but happening it's, to us. It's happening to us. And some voodoo magic has, uh, I don't know who didn't, I don't know what happened. Something bad. I hate them. And uh, I think the thing that makes me the angriest about this week particularly is that somehow Brian Ferentz came out looking like a decent coach. That's well, the over hit an Iowa over hit. Uh, oof. I, I, uh, if we're on the feelings front, I feel frustrated because you see things that are good. You see right. things that you're like, Oh, there is talent here. There is the capacity to be good at the football. Mm -hmm. um, and yet, it is a holistic display of incompetence yeah. that, that doesn't, like, we'll, we're going to talk about some of the players in particular, but, like, it starts at the coaches, but it doesn't end there because there, there's... You know, uh, even even maybe our best player, our punter, <laughs> shanks one in winning yeah. time. There is no one on this team who understands winning time. That's right. And I guess if I have to put one final emotion on it, it is, I mean, I think honestly, and this might seem like an overreaction, but <laughs> not for me, um, it's betrayal. I feel betrayed by the program because the people who are leading it refuse to make any of the obvious yeah. decisions that are required to do anything that acknowledges we have a problem. There is zero acknowledgement of a problem. And, and I know we'll get into the details, but like when you hear Harlan Barnett reference for a third week in a row, that discipline continues to be a challenge. And when we can get the discipline issue right, we're going to be winning. It is self-evident that no one is in control of the program. There's no accountability happening and no one respects a single one of the individuals wearing headsets on the sidelines. Yeah. And, and until well, they all know they're gone. Well, and because they are, but, but, but you have something you have to do right now. There are things that each one of these guys can do to achieve accountability and, uh, and they refuse to do it. And so this is going to continue to be the program that we have. Yeah. It, and it, you know, it's, it's tough watching because you can say at times like, oh, Noah Kim's not as bad, for instance, as his stat line looks because uh, there's all the drops, right? Sure. Um, or he didn't, he didn't have Malik Carr, who went from just being Malik Carr to all of a sudden, according to the, <laughs> the broadcast crew on this game, all world tight end Malik Carr with his <laughs> like three receptions that he'd had so far this season coming into this game yeah if, if, if there was a way to watch the game and i know this is going to sound like there's a way to watch this game on mute but then have the radio synced up with it appropriately i would still take george blaha on the play call over 
the fuck asses on national television because my God, yeah. oh the my NBC God. product is terrible. I mean, there isn't a good product out there. I point to one. They're all mindless. Oh, I should do it. I should start doing it. I think people would like it. We yeah. should release our our own commentary tracks. Uh-huh. I mean, uh-huh. we could do the we could do the Manning thing, except for three three idiots, uh, like, like riff track. I'll yeah, yeah. There's the uh, space uh, space Odyssey three thousand. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, History science theater. Or yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, the all right. So let's let's talk through some of the more confounding moments in the game. Uh, should we say something nice before we? That's how we give feedback, right? We say something nice, and then oh no, that's not how you're supposed to give feedback. I think it's fair. It's fair to say that there are some people worthy of positive feedback. Nate Carter, good football player, Uh, offensive line. Hear me out. Easily their best run blocking game we've seen from them all season long. They got better. Okay. Uh, Almost got a fourth and one. Almost. Almost. I didn't say good. I said better, Kevin. Uh, let's see who else can we say nice things about, uh, Jonathan Kim, Jonathan Kim. Great. Set the, I mean, the, real, the y- you might want to beat him up about missing a 50 yard field goal. I would say that's silly. Very uh, silly. also after the full start that pushed him back five additional yards, not yeah. his fault. Uh, so Jonathan Kim, great set a Kinnick stadium record record. Aha. At 58 yards. When when they lined up for that, I told my buddy, who's a Hawkeye, I'm like, what are they doing? There's no way he can hit that. And he they did. did. And, he did. Uh, and it would have so, been good for 60, too. Like, he had a yeah. leg on that ball. He did. So I'm trying to think. Nate Carter, Jonathan Kim, kind of the offensive line, but, like, not really. Uh, anyone else we want to celebrate while we have a chance? The defensive sector. Secondary didn't get lit up against Iowa. Against uh, actually, you know what? Iowa, Iowa team that cannot do any passing, but well, does but, but run okay. does run the ball. They held him to sixty one yards on the ground. Okay, because of the running game, I guess that's fair. I mean, no one expects much out of Cade McNamara, obviously, and he got injured in the thirty fourth second of the game. Uh, and then I don't know, Beacon Deacon. Deacon Doughboy Do, Do Boy Deacon. Doughboy Do, Deacon. Doughboy Deacon. He was meaty and a beefy boy at that. That boy um, bed. He from Iowa. And, and yet. He's not from Iowa, but he from Iowa. And yet, he showed us their second string quarterback, weighing in at 433 pounds, had no problem advancing the football against our fucking program. So I want you to go easy on the plaudits for the defensive line. This wasn't the game that was any kind of test for them. This game was squarely lost by the offense. The defense barely performed. And I want to be clear when I underline, they barely met expectations. And again, it's not their fault we lost the game, but there was, I mean, that, that the, the second, or was it the first touchdown? Iowa's first touchdown? The one where like three guys all missed the tackle. Very blundersomely. I mean, embarrassingly. So let's just be clear. No plaudits because this, this team wasn't good. You didn't really have to perform and it's not your fault. We lost for sure. Uh, but I'm just saying but, um, and that's a, that's a nice transition to now we said nice things. Let's yeah. talk about things that are baffling. That tackling was one of those things. The tackling generally speaking continues to be 
baffling. Yeah. Aim for the shoes. Aim for the shoes or hit the quarterback late. Those have sort of been the the two techniques, and they're working great. (laughs) Uh, Other baffling moments. This isn't on a player per se. Uh, we've also identified the uh, the fourth and one with the heave uh, <laughs> that that was not. Uh, but there was the fourth and one in our own end zone or not in our own it are in our end of the field rather. Uh, that was mystifying why we went for it. Yes. Well, we've been so successful on fourth downs. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Harlan Barnett said he wanted momentum. He thought we had momentum. Mm, that's did we? A, well, eh, to be fair, we did. That was a big third down. I mean, that was very nearly a more favorable spot would have gotten us the first. I think it was clearly he didn't he didn't get there as he was down. But um, uh, there was a little momentum there. I think the play call for me was the problem. Um, they knew what we were going to do. They know that Noah Kim weighs 73 pounds. There's not really a way to push that kid forward I don't know why, and I guess this is a lack of confidence. Maybe there's no freedom to do this. The defensive, the uh, Iowa's defensive line was tight. They were tight in the box there to get that stop. Why just, everyone talks about Noah Kim's got legs. And and was actually effective. The the one moment where it's like, hey man, maybe this is the time that you don't do that. Go for it. They know what you're going to do. You've got the guy behind you in the shotgun. He's going to push your little booty right on up just so your face can get slammed back. It's exactly what they knew would happen. The kid's too small. Like it just, it's, oh, it was really embarrassing. And they talk about this kid having legs and they don't let him use them. Make it make sense. I I was just looking at this and confirming. Uh, It was working for him when he was running off to the sides yeah yeah uh on those on those sweeps uh <gasps> no called rushes for noah kim in the fourth quarter <laughs> uh the going away from what was working in the fourth quarter is baffling to me absolutely baffling but i just jumped it's, us. um it's it is emblematic of a coaching staff mm-hmm. who want I, I, you know, I, let's say this. If you think Noah Kim was scared and startled, I think that's what you have with a coaching staff. I think, okay, if we can just hold on, Iowa's shown that against our defense, Iowa's not been able to perform. Maybe we can just drag this out and we win 16-13. And we don't have to do anything else. It's just this conservative sort of Mark D'Antonio latter years play calling. Just, just, just try to hold the line. And I think... If if that's right, you know the the conceit there is that the players know what you're doing, and it has to be demoralizing to all of them to watch you continue to trot out Gumpy Goopy who can't do shit with the fucking football. That's got to be demoralizing to the players, doesn't it? Well, to be trying to play behind this guy, it reminds me of uh, I was watching. Uh, a, a highlight reel of uh, the Dolphins game from last week mm-hmm. when they threw like 70 up on a billion up. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and their coach was talking about afterwards, the idea that you all played the standard and not what the scoreboard said. Mm-hmm. You just kept doing what you're supposed to do. And, and you did it at the standard and like, you didn't care what the scoreboard was. And yeah. 
and I, I think that's right. Like, I mean, that is the idea that you ever let off the gas. Our, uh, our color commentator on the broadcast, uh, said, you know, with 10 minutes left in the, in the fourth quarter, yeah, it's time for MSU to start running some clock when we were up three. And I was like, what are you talking about? No, you you score on Iowa because they can't score. What are you talking about? The idea that this, that this offense should start getting cute and playing the scoreboard. Shut up. Do whatever you need to do in this desperate moment that we're clearly still going to lose to score a touchdown. And at that point, probably put the game away. And I don't know. I, I'm with you, Plum. It must be demoralizing if you're on the defense and you know you've scored more points than the offense over the last three games. Yeah, I think that's right. And I, more you touchdowns. Know, I want to say Cal Halliday looked like garbage in the first half. And then uh, there I am remarking about how much of a disappointment he is in his inconsistency, Ben, since he started with the program. And then, my God, just fucking rubs my face in it. So I don't, Cal Halliday is an enigma. I will never understand him, frankly. Uh, he's had some big, big showy gets. I don't know how he finds himself right, but you know, it's like a broken clocks, right? Twice a day kid finds himself where he needs to be. And then, you know, the tackling, you know, the blocking, I don't know. I don't know. I guess it's good. Thank you. Yeah. He's had a couple pick six fumble sixes in his, uh, career. And they've been big. I don't know. I just, I guess I'm just angry. So, I don't. Yeah, I, I think. Can I ask this? If we had won the game 16 to 13, would it have felt like a win to either of you? If, mm-hmm. Assuming all things were equal and Iowa hadn't scored, but but we didn't play any markedly better. We didn't need to score again. If we had won 16, 13, would it have felt like a win to you or really to anyone listening today? Would that have been a win? No, it would have been a wow. We're less it, of an embarrassment than Iowa right now. It might have been a sigh of relief, though. Like, I I mean, I I think that's. But for whom? Because if we agree that and this is, I think, why I'm pushing the point. If we agree that the defense didn't lose us the game here, then routinely got put in tough positions, routinely got put in. Well, that's my point. Like, I'm not blaming the defense for the loss. This isn't this is this is on the offense. This is 100 percent on the offense and on the coaches. Someone out there listening is saying, don't be mean to Noah. Um, and that's no, he bold. sucked. Yeah, no, he's, 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 he's gone. He's a goner. He's gotta be a goner, but, um, but, but let, we can, I think we can agree that this isn't the one to come for the defense on. They, they did about as well as they were going to do against a team that really needed them to do as well as they did. But that's my point, And that's why I'm glad we lost because if we had won, there would have been some sort of like, make it so make a ball game. And yeah, the math would have probably potentially still theoretically worked to get to six games if we had won yesterday, but now that we didn't, we are squarely, it is mathematically impossible to get to six wins. And so this was what I needed to have happen because now it's over. Now the season is officially over. over. It's done. So release yourselves. Don't watch the games anymore. Don't go to them anymore. And I do and tune I, into podcasts, though, dear listener. Yeah, do tune into podcasts. We'll watch for you. But yeah. like, I'm here to get what happened in the game. Something horrible has to begin now because otherwise, like, I, does anyone care? Does Alan Haller care? Does I mean, it's just like nothing's changing. Well, we've done a 
poor job in the past of focusing on the quarterback controversy. Yeah. Maybe we That's, wallow in that now. Yeah. Like, it, like truly uh-huh. Noah Kim has shown us you cannot win games with him. He actively, yeah. actively harms your ability to win games. This is not like a game manager is not elevating your team situation. This is a, yeah. those three picks were bad picks. They were, really and I'm not throws. giving him, I'm not throwing away the last one because it was him trying to do something. It was a bad throw that would have inter- been intercepted any other time. Anywhere, anywhere, yep. anywhere. So I'm not letting him get away with that one. The question is, what do you do as a coaching staff? Do you, do you go to Lovett? Do you go to Hauser? What do you do? He, he is, by the way, dear listener, he has thrown six touchdowns and six interceptions. Yeah. Um, that is bad. Well, the, first, the first two games of the season do not count for statistical purposes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> at least they yeah. shouldn't i mean that, yeah so that and it's, so it is it one in five now? In, in games that count in is, games that count he's in one in five one one, one touchdown five interceptions right yeah yeah so so that's a bad statistic um to <laughs> your point uh kevin i i think it has to be kate and hauser um the reason is uh well let's be clear Sam Levitt's got his red shirt. He's seen action in one game. What do we, I mean, uh, where, where Kate, where Hauser is right now, I'm assuming on the depth chart, considering he's getting the first reps when they're pulling Noah, when they choose to pull Noah, it tells me that they're, that he's the guy. If we're going to develop one of the two, one of them has his red shirt still, the other doesn't. So let's let's preserve what we can in a year that's otherwise busted. Unless you honestly think that Caton is also not the dude, and you, I mean, either way, it's really just a question of getting P five exposure. You know, build the calluses on these guys now, destroy their confidence, so they're fully exposed and they know exactly what it is. For me, it's probably Hauser. I, I just think there's maybe a little bit, but but maybe but maybe Levitt is the one with more up potential upside is that kind of what you're thinking the problem is if you've got a guy that you think could be the future guy they're gonna have a really awful (laughs) first season like a tremendously awful first. but if you got a guy that you think might be the guy and you happen to care at all about michigan state Mm -hmm. then you need to make sure that whoever the next staff is because harlan barnett it must it cannot wake up and seriously look in the mirror and say i'm gonna be the next head coach of michigan State." i got a real shot at this yeah yeah. So if Harlan Barnett cares about Michigan State, then he needs to play the person that he thinks is most important to keep on this roster. Yes. And and it may well uh, be that that Sam Levitt is that guy. Is that guy and that Caton Hauser would be better right now. Mm-hmm. But where if you're not going bowling and I and it's yeah, we're not, not going I've been bowling. informed it's a mathematical impossibility. <laughs> I ran all of the logs. I talked to Nate uh, Silver, you propositioned me. Very <laughs> offensive. Um, <laughs> he did with numbers, though. He yeah. always does. Uh, he showed the, you the probability that things could work out between the yeah. two of you. And you said nice. Uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> the but yeah. So if and and you then so you risk uh, not only Katen Hauser, uh, you know, and maybe this doesn't matter, but Katen Hauser then is getting additional reps. 
right? Yeah. So like you've you've put yourself in a, a behind the eight ball for next year too, where Sam yeah. Levitt is not in a gr- like because ideally they're both kind of sitting in the same number of reps for this year, yeah, and then they can battle it out for next year. But right. you have to throw all of that out the window, and it's got to be Sam, it's got to be Caton, and you got to be asking yourself, I'm doing an honest talent evaluation, like I'm picking a high school recruit. I'm only going to get one quarterback. <clears throat> and the other, yeah, I, the other question I guess is which one of them is more likely to get, which one of them is more likely to hit the portal? And I think because at this point, I, I think even if you started Sam Levitt, I mean I, the kid. Not that identity or belonging to the team means anything, and I'm not trying to cast any aspersions on this kid. But he's been here all of six minutes, recruited by a guy four months ago who is a complete pervert. So, you know, if I'm Sam Levitt, I'm like, yeah. You're talking about Jay Johnson there, by the way. Yeah. Oh, was it that? Yeah. But same. Yeah. Seriously, same. Um, But more boring in some way. (laughs) Um, I, I, you know, I'm like, if if I'm him, I'm not sick. I'm the guy. I'm leaving. Like, so yeah, you can burn some burn. I guess maybe he doesn't want you to burn the shirt. I don't know. Keaton Hauser seems like more of the, there's more identity there. He's been here a year, at least in the program. I, I, maybe that means nothing at this point. Yeah, maybe you talk to Keaton Hauser or you talk to uh, Levitt and his family and they're like, we're just not ready yet. Yeah. And then it, it maybe it's an easy decision at that yeah. point. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe Levitt looks at it and he's like, I, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. And that might be that he doesn't think he's ready yet. That might be that he's like, let's not get reduced to a pink mist by Ohio state. Uh, yeah. Let's preserve our athletic abilities. Yeah. But I, my understanding is about that, that his commitment to Michigan state was it, twofold was part NIL based, uh, but also part and like, who knows where, where that is now. Yeah. Well, we'll get there, but, but was also based upon a genuine promise that he would get meaningful reps to compete for the role. And, yeah. and why that would be important to him listeners, why like that, matters more than you think it does. First of all, there was a, a theoretically open QB competition, but he would be the second four-star in a row that committed to Michigan State. His true competition is Caton Hauser. Mm-hmm. So he wants reps to compete, maybe not thinking he's going to actually win it, but he's playing for next year when he, if, when he committed to Michigan State. He's planning to play for next year. And so I, that's why it seems like you got to, you gotta say bye bye Noah, and then just make your pick from a not ideal situation. No. Yep. Yep. That's right. Send them both out there. Burn, burn Sam's red shirt without giving him what he wants. The worst of all people, options. People are. It saying. does seem like a worst of all options type of uh, type of moment here. You just Michigan commit State to football. the bit. Uh, all right. Um, should we speaking of people no longer being with the program, should we talk about that? Yes, we need to. We do uh, the most heartbreaking of them all. In fact, uh, so we learned that two people are no longer with Michigan state, uh, Justin white and truly very sad to say Hank pepper, long snapper, no longer with the program. <sighs> Fuck. Uh, uh, now that you, we don't have the football name, like what it, what is there? And in fairness, like Hank Pepper was, is a very good long snapper. Uh, that is a big one to miss. Uh, we do thankfully have an actual long snapper to step in for him, but still not great. Uh, is it think- true that he had been um, sick? Uh, nothing's been confirmed. Uh-huh. So, uh, but 
so Harlan Barnett was asked about Justin White and Hank Pepper. And the response was that they both said they were interested in entering the portal. And Harlan Barnett said, bye-bye. And Justin White might have been partly motivated by playing time. And that Hank Pepper just was making the best decision for Hank Pepper uh, that he thought he was making after talking with his folks. Um, I think beyond losing the two guys, what's interesting about this is that the, as we track the injury list, that it seems like some dudes have already found their way to the door and Harlan just said, bye. Mm Mm-hmm. Are you saying that we should go easier on the injury list, Michael? Is that the is that the point that you're trying to make here? Uh, if yeah, yes, uh, that it, it for some folks uh, like uh, Jacoby Winman, who's now out for the season. Maybe that's a yeah. I'm just I'm I can't play any longer uh, after this year. I have to go pro. I am a little hurt. I'm not going to make it worse and impact my ability to go pro. Right. Cause nothing matters. Right. And, and you know what, that, that stinks if that's true, but like, I, I don't know that I totally begrudge the, did he play 12 total games at Michigan mm. state after the suspension? I truly don't know. It would be fun to go back and look to see what his MSU career really summed up to. <laughs> it's almost Horstian. In the uh, mm-hmm. in the number of actual games played, yeah. <laughs> uh, Morian Smith is another one who's out, I believe, for the season uh, inexplicably. Um, so, okay, hmm. that's fine. Um, I don't know. You you guys got thoughts on this? I mean, who was the tight end that we saw a lot of on this team? Uh, the Ovid Elsie, oh, Evan end. Morris, Evan the, Morris, the, the punter, P- second punter, punter converted tight end, uh, hayseed. Um, like just get used to it. That is going to be the rest of the season and it's going to continue to get worse. Like truly there might not be a team to put on the field against Penn state at Ford field. It, it might be the three of us out there catching balls from who's even past Noah Kim Levitt and, and Hauser. Like, it, like Jonesy, you might be taking snaps under central at that point, under center at that point, Oof. <laughs> trying to pick up that yardage on fourth and one at around 30. They won't be able to find me because <laughs> I'm, he's I'm like tiny. a little squirrely guy. You can go underneath everyone. Uh, other decommits. Reggie Powers, four-star safety that had committed Michigan State has decommitted. Um, it sounds like uh, it's a call me when you have a new coach situation, hmm. but you know, yeah, whatever. Are we gonna as a podcast? Do we have in a? This is a conversation we should have offline, but I'm making us do it live and on the air. That's good. Are we going to do big segments about the coaching search and like, who's our guy? Who do we like coaching watch? Well, I think we need to be at least having sort of like emergency podcast sessions. Anytime that private jet takes off or lands somewhere. That's um, a given. That's, that's for sure. Total do given. they call Bill Beekman out of whatever bottom basement office they have to participate <laughs> in? 
You know him by how baggy his pants are at the ankle. Yeah. Uh, and that's he the only frame. He's a private of, jet. He just right. opens up his jacket and the wind oh takes God. him takes to him where away. he's going. <laughs> Rides those fucking wind currents, yeah. tacking, tacking above the Rockies. <laughs> lovely. Uh, I, uh, I don't know. I don't, I'm not particularly interested in uh, having the conversation now because uh, it is clearly uh, agents who are fueling the entirety of yes. of, of coaching shortlists. Um, particularly when you get a report that it's like a person tells me that these two coaches are being considered and they're both represented by the same person. By the same dude. Yeah. Um, I saw Dan Enos show up on a list and I was yeah. like, what year is it? <laughs> Did uh, Dan's mom call this, call this reporter? I'm like, my Daniel's thinking about getting back in the game. Upsetting. But and, I think we should, I, I think when we get more clarity on it, it would be worth talking about what we would like to see in a coach. In a coach, though, I, I don't know, actually, now that I think about it, I don't care. Winning is what I'd like to see in a coach. That's, that's, I don't care. Are, if are, we, are you on Urban Watch then, Michael Jones? Oof. Can you imagine the meltdown? The, is that what we got tagged engine? in by the Daily Caller? Yeah. For, yeah. That was a moment. <laughs> How much tension would there be on this podcast if there was an announcement from Alan Heller that Urban Meyer has agreed to terms with Michigan State. Like, dude has won everywhere he's done it, but, but he's a piece of shit. He's got a real record. <laughs> he's got quite the record. <laughs> I I don't. We'd have every cold open would have to be just a recitation of some shitty thing that Urban Meyer had done in his past, and then we'd go on to be excited for our program. Yeah, huh. because we're fans of the school, not of the people. So. It's not going to happen, so no. it's not a problem. Uh, all right. Speaking of people uh, we're not fans of, Mel Tucker. Uh, Mel Tucker responded uh, to Michigan he State's sure did. <laughs> uh, notice of intent to terminate. Uh, came back with several points of his own that didn't debate that he masturbated on the phone with a university vendor. He said she wasn't a vendor anymore, but also might have been later, but wasn't in that particular moment a vendor. Not in that moment. (laughs) Even though uh, definitely she was. They were talking about planning when to have her back again. The the uh, post-clarity was was rough. Uh, So he responded, uh, Alan Haller and company said, yeah, again, you didn't say that you didn't do this. Uh, so, can you imagine an alternate universe where he just shaggied the situation and said he didn't wasn't do me. it? Wasn't, wasn't me. Wasn't me. Like, how fortunate are we that he said that he did it? Like, enormously fortunate. Oh, enormously. Could you imagine? Because we would just be here right now with no way out. We would be right. screaming. The you know, situation at- that we would be in if he hadn't admitted to this would be. Well, it would it would uh, it would come up after after the investigation. I partly wonder if he admitted it admitted to it because he didn't know she had deleted the text messages. Mm. I wonder if there was enough there that he's like, well, there's an information asymmetry that he was acting under. 
And he's like, she has the pictures. Um, And so anyway, uh, so after that, after Alan Haller and company fired uh, Mel Tucker, officially last Tuesday evening, I think. Correct. Uh, it was either Wednesday or Thursday, I believe, that uh, Mel Tucker's attorney sent over a litigation hold, uh, which is to put the university on notice that they're considering suing and that you better not delete anything. Um, so funny, given the conversation, they're given what we were just talking about. Yeah. Ironic. Uh, so yeah, that's the latest in in the Tucker saga. Uh, don't want to put any spoilers out there for the preview of next week's uh, events, the bye week. But one way we can lose the bye week is that the hearing is indeed this week uh, for Mel Tucker's Title IX case. So hmm. that is huh. what's next. This notice of litigation, though, not a surprise mm-hmm. at all. Jonesy, no. put your no. No, I I mean, because uh, particularly now that they've Michigan State certainly should have been on notice already. Right. uh, But by making it official and in writing, uh, it's for so in case anyone cares whatsoever, when it comes to electronic records, if they're deleted, then you can ask for what's known as an adverse inference, which is essentially that you can get the fact finder that that's your judge or your jury to assume that they said the worst possible thing that they could have said, because if you deleted them, then they must've been bad. Uh, and so they're, uh, does that conflict with some organizations that have deletion data policies? No, that's why you have a deletion data policy. So you do that so that you can always reference back to the deletion data policy. You say, yeah, you, I mean, now if you knew or should have known, that you were going to be sued, then you have to intervene over that policy. And, and there, you know, your policy can't be such that it's like, I delete every day. Um, Ah. but at least certain around certain records and, but yes. It's like Google has like a 90 day deletion policy or something like that. Yeah. And, and uh, certainly they're, they're complying with a whole host of regulatory framework, but, um, anyway, yes. So, Michigan State certainly should have been preserving documents, but now must preserve documents. Yeah. Um, okay. We've made it through, I think, most of the dumpster fire, but we have one more dumpster fire uh, to wade through. Yeah, I was going to say, have we? <laughs> have we really? So, dear listener, let's rewind to Friday 11 p.m.? Yeah. Question mark? Something like that. When... A reporter that we're going to circle back on in a moment reports out that SD4L, one of the, not not one of, the, the preferred, the preferred name, image, and likeness collective of Michigan State University is no longer funding, it was reported, any football players. Come to find out that that's not quite accurate. Uh, they're no longer funding less than five, uh, or no more than five, or four or less. Uh, they're, they're funding four or less players. Um, and before that they were funding somewhere between 14 to 35 players. So that's quite a drop. Greg, you were at the Spartan dog for life uh, tailgate. I think it's, it's most appropriate. Oh, thanks for, thanks for outing me for that. Uh, yeah, I did choose to go on to the SD4L tailgate. The, the open bar. I wanted to see what it was like. I wanted to see if we would see Steve St. Andre out in the wild. I don't know that we did, but for those that 
don't know. Uh, ST4L was a collective that was basically founded by Steve St. Andre, who was with Matt Ishbia, one of the two guys that bankrolled the private portion of Tucker's uh, contract. And he has kind of continued this brand as a name, image, and likeness uh, option for us. Um, apparently, the public has not lined up for their strange subscription uh, options over the last two weeks. <clears throat> this just got announced while a coach is fired and the team uh-huh. is falling apart. Yep. And yep, fewer, yep, yep, yep. fewer than 100 people have decided to start participating in this collective during that time. It's confusing. What a surprise. Yeah. Um, also at a time where those things didn't even make a whole lot of sense. And they did also sell out, as I understand it, as we talked about with Sheehan, all of their merchandise, or at least the hooded sweatshirts that they came to market with first. So, and to be clear, we talked this with Sheehan when he was last on the pod. It was, yeah, yeah, this isn't so breaking news. Yeah. Why a guy that's willing <sighs> to put that much money on the line just for a head coach and is on as I've pointed out, I believe this is still true, is on the presidential search committee, decides to pull out all of the money for a collective, which if you are a billionaire, which certain interests associated with the board of trustees has uh, has uh, insisted to us several times on Twitter, truly, like, how much money can this cost for you? I'm I'm sure it's a lot of money for regular people, but if sure. you have that much money that you're throwing around, how impactful can this be? And the idea that you're going to throw away this brand because the credibility that you just lost with this collective that the university has put its weight behind by just canceling these agreements with these football players is immensely damaging. Like. Yes. We've taken every shot that we can at Steve St. Andre. We don't understand who this dude is. SD4L is this weird, opaque thing. But the amount of credibility and brand damage that gets done by this. Right. It's irreparable. So so what's the motivating factor is my question. Well, let's just say, you know, whoever. Well, yeah, I don't know. I guess that doesn't make sense. Um. Let's read positive intent. If there's what? positive intent here, yeah, let's assume positive let, intent. Yeah, let let's just let's, so let let's say it exists, and if it exists, maybe he is so wildly disappointed in, no in the absolute lack of leadership in this university's athletics program that he's like, I can't, I can't in good conscience. There are starving children around the world who can use my millions and millions of dollars. And I simply can't sleep at night knowing that that Alan Heller knew, knew in July, maybe knew before, did nothing about it. I there is nothing here. And or and then and then looks at the SD4L and goes, My God, if I'm running this, if I'm the best mind that exists in NIL programs because I have money, there's no one calling any shots. The phone calls coming from inside the house. <laughs> no one is doing anything. Am I the athletic director? Am I the president of the university? He, I mean, if I'm him, I'm also not giving a damn dollar to this fucking school. And I think it is astounding um, that we that we should think otherwise. 
Um, I'm also going to say that I don't think that any of the SD4L tweets, messaging, I don't think any of that's him. I think that's some oh yeah, coked up 24-year-old in his parents' basement just trying to continue to validate you know, whatever yeah. meager salary he gets. Here's paid. the, here's the problem with that though, Plum. Okay. You don't get to this point. Yeah. As being in this, in this position to begin with, if you have these types of thoughts, like Very you good. never would have put that money on the line to begin with. Uh-huh. I mean, you, it's true. You might also try. I'm going to try. Okay. You might also say, Hey, this we we sold less subscriptions by a lot than we ever anticipated. Uh, no big surprise. Uh, we're gonna have to get a new coach. There's gonna be a lot of roster turnover, and we have a potentially national championship winning basketball team that we're going to need to invest money into. Continue because they didn't pull m- money from the basketball players, right? And we're going to need to stash every penny that we can for when the new coach comes in so that we can do roster management and allocation Good. next year. Good. That's the best justification I can come up with. That said, I want to circle just back through the timeline if we can. Mm-hmm. Acquires a players-only brand mm-hmm. because his kids... Like- Three years ago. Yeah. Kids say streetwear is cool and assures us it will be NIL related. Note, it launched like two weeks ago. So like <laughs> sat on it for that long. Well, yeah. there's there's more than that. It had a it uh, had a hosted a podcast it, on Woodward uh, on the Woodward network. Uh, we, we need to acknowledge that. Yeah, that's a thing that happened, and then they uh, and then they got rid of both of those hosts and hired, uh, among others, but dear friends, we, we love Matt Sheehan uh, to to continue to do their their podcast. Uh, but like, at no point in time, for the most part, through all of this, are they bringing any money in and building any meaningful foundation right. for right. an NIL collective? So, like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna. Uh, come after the stuff that like Matt did. Cause that's not really the point. This, the management of this, right. you acquired a players only brand insisted. You were going to create merch that didn't happen for a really long time in the yeah. interim. It's like, Hey, we're going to be a thing. We're going to be a thing. And, and apparently we're funding players in that interim time, but never did any of the groundwork. Right. They could have asked for money at any point in time. They could have asked for money when Tucker was at an all time popularity point. Right. Sure. That was the time to do it. And didn't do it. And then, yeah. like, at, for reasons that escape, right, like, an explanation. Yeah. And then when they did decide to do it, they did it in this very strange way of like, what is this? Is this an apparel brand? Right. Is this. A, uh, a some kind of subscription network like and then also now we know how many football players may or may not have been receiving money we don't know who they are we don't know how much we we had none of that information so none of the information that i would need as a potential investor donor, in right. this donoring in this collective yeah. was there it's yeah. strange it's weird all i see is a camo sweatshirt how right. can they be at all surprised? 
that no that one wanted there was to no yeah. huge interest in this. Yeah, and I bet there. Yeah, I mean, I bet some of that hundred are some big moneyed interests that know Steve St. Andre, met him somewhere. We're like, how can I help? Yeah. But to, I, the idea that the public didn't jump on this bandwagon, yeah, how that, in the world can you possibly be surprised by that? Yeah, that's insulting. But I just, I have to, I have to think, I have to choose to think that Steve St. Andre is like, who are these fucking people? How did I align myself with these people? I mean, I think this is a whole situation where you've got, I mean, look at the whole athletics department right now. Effectively, we could assume it's just a fucking shell game. This is a house of cards. There's no, the no one of these people have clothes on. The emperor is fully nude. They're all walking around, schlong out. Interim is, emperor. Yeah, I mean, but seriously, no one knows what the fuck they're doing. How can we be surprised that the people running this NIL collective, and, and I think this is the proof in it, there was never a vision because they never were able to, uh, I think you said this, Jones, they were never able to take advantage of it when the getting was good. At the time, yeah. And, and, that, and that was, I think, the biggest concern, wasn't it? Like, hold on a second. We were supposed to have, you know, like NF Tuck was kind of a joke, but it was sort of like, well, you only make that joke if the NIT game is strong. Right, like you can do NIL. NF Tuck, NIL. Sorry, you can do NIT, uh, NF Tuck when NIL, when NIL is theoretically humming in the background. Which I just, I guess, I just assumed. Whoops. Well, yeah, and so I know Graham has talked about that that Haller thought NIL collectives were not long for this world. Well, they should be. That means I, they I, are yeah. a farce. Yeah, and and I mean, there's so there's the the component of this that's the I'm a billionaire, believe me. I mm. I do think that was literally tweeted out or said about Stephen San Andre that billionaires always deliver. Yeah, L O L, associate of the board of trustees. Yeah, uh, and Brian um, Masson, for the record, uh, yeah, piece of shit, Brian Masson. Uh But the the. The, the, I don't know. I, I, this is just, I'm flabbergasted by this. And, and at some point in time, I think you have to ask Alan Haller, you made this the Michigan State University preferred NIL collective. And if you haven't been at games, this has included the coaches participating in promotional video materials for SC4L. They shot one with Mel and Tom, and then the next week had to edit it again so that Mel was no longer in it. Um, And I, so I think we had some questions about Alan Haller as it relates to the Mel Tucker investigation, because they have, have been and continue to be really cryptic about what he knew and when, but I don't know how with Alan Haller getting a new boss and with this unmitigated clusterfuck, which, as much as we're criticizing SD4L right now, and we have and will continue to, yes, like this is a massive embarrassment for the athletic department. Uh, I don't know it, how you yeah, you delayed getting a collective to partner with your school. You, I mean, Michigan, who was whining about their NIL situation, yeah. came out and and acknowledged two collectives as the preferred collectives of of the university. Well, after other schools had done it, and Michigan State got into it two weeks ago. And so you were slow and you might be right in the long term, Alan, about 
the sustainability of NIL collectives? You almost but, certainly are. But it's irrelevant. Right. You needed to win today. Yes. And and that's the bigger point for me is because that's what the vision is. It's like crying about TikTok or Instagram. They might all be fads. You ride the popularity. That's the whole business model. That's the competitive advantage. Um, Especially when there's a when there's enough of a critical mass yeah. that the NCAA can't go after everyone. Right. So once that had happened, once like 20 mm-hmm. teams had done it or something like that, you've got to get on board at that point. Yep. It's, yep. The, it's the exact same reason that all these schools have to jump to where the TV money is. It's the game. It's how it's yep. being played. None of us like it. But, but it you is have this is. obligation to do it if you want to continue to compete. Yeah. So Alan's getting a new boss. Alan fucked the dog on this. Like, I don't know. He was slow to adopt and then and then endorsed the one that did that. It was in, involved the two people that you were like, don't huh, do yep. don't partner with these. Mm, can't say that word, but just I, I don't I don't know. I don't know how he survives this. Well, I think I think that's just it. I think we know at this point, Alan can't. Um, the, the one thing that we will, I think we can say, we've talked about on this pod, is that he has made several really good, seemingly, hires. Mm-hmm. The, like, the folks he has hired have been seemingly really good culture changes. Sure. So if he can, if he can get a football coach, because query, with no <laughs> university president, Will that happen? I mean, yeah. I think he's definitely going to survive because there's no one to fire him right now. An interim well, president's not going to fire him with a with a football coaching search going. The but this really for whatever whatever uh, president does get hired at some point, if they have any interest in athletics at all, yeah, this will be on the permanent again, Alan. This will be on your permanent record. Yeah, as a cop, you should understand, Alan. It will. Uh, it, I mean, it. you got to question the judgment on this. Well, and this is where one can only hope because, see, the people who will have long memories here are the donors and they are the individuals with pocketbooks. So one can only hope that at some point, yeah, maybe you're right. Right now, the aperture, we're too short. We've got to remain narrow. We've got to get one foot in front of the other. There's no one to fire him, just like there's no one to fire anybody apparently right now in the program. So we just have to put up with it. But one day... I mean, and this is where I have to hope that Stephen St. Andre isn't as dumb as he appears to be at the moment. But someone comes back around and goes, Alan Haller's not your guy. And we got to find out who is. But uh, I, I guess maybe maybe we find out later on that Alan knew a lot more than he let on. Maybe that shoe drops at some point in the future and that's our out. The universe yeah, is mean, working there's... in mysterious ways right now in, on behalf of this program because we were not. This podcast particularly, myself, we were not hard enough on Mel in the way that he deserved. And yeah. absent this masturbation shit, I don't <laughs> think. Well, I, by the way, I think if it had never happened, not that if it hadn't gotten out, I think if, the, if, the, if, this, if it hadn't happened, if he hadn't fiddled around, then fiddled I. Very I, generous. I, yeah, you're welcome. I think, I think we would have seen a uh, turnover. I think he would have probably fired Jay Johnson. I, I have to think so. I mean, he could be as dumb as he is stupid, but but assuming he is and assuming he actually, I don't know. Um, I think he didn't rock the boat because he just thought these guys were his friends and maybe they would stick with him or something. The but, thing with firing coaches though, and we just yeah. saw this at Indiana, it mm-hmm. usually happens when head coaches think 
that they're their on the line is in in danger, and that Mills was never going to happen with him. Would not have been so. ever. Yep. Well, and then to that point, then yeah, fuck him. Anyway, I I think yeah, our oh it's not good, but we're in um we were in a tough spot, and we were not hard enough on Mel when we probably should have been because yep. this guy sold us all a bill of goods, and it is abundantly clear now how duped we were, and that's just fucking embarrassing yeah yeah i feel real weird because i was quite confident in my take that whether he would end up executing on his plan or whether his plan worked or not that he had a plan i'm not sure that that's true any longer he didn't have a plan he didn't Um, have one so he had a he had a brand plan he had a whole brand book of what it means to be mel tucker but that was about the extent of it uh should we move talk about some programs that are we can be excited about (laughs) Let's do that. Uh, and they're not going to get the time and attention that they probably deserve, but it's because you all left us 40 some Twitter questions. So thank you for your engagement, everyone. Thank you. We love you. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, all right. So Tom Izzo had some media availability. Uh, and uh, Jade Nakins, he says, put on 10 pounds. Great. Sprained his ankle. Less great, of course. Uh, fuck. <laughs> light sprain, light sprain. But uh, you've got to have you've got to have that preseason ankle issue that persists through the entire season. I, I want to suggest something because injuries. This is statistically impossible <laughs> that this school suffers injuries. So I want to suggest this. Okay, I want to suggest this. Each coach is allotted three injuries per season. That's it. That is it. For the whole team. And as soon as you get injury four, at injury four, the coach is executed. At injury five, <laughs> the and subsequent, the player is executed for the injury. Because, and this is going to sound unhinged, but... No. <laughs> it wasn't unhinged until then. It wasn't unhinged. But the players have gone soft. This is horseshit. We're creating a culture of weakness. I'll, I could. Is Tom Izzo here? <laughs> yes. And I want to go into something about masculinity and the performative aspect of it. But at some point, at some point, rub some dirt in the wound, you fucks, because this is unacceptable. And it continues to plague the program. It is as if there's acid in the water. And so when we drink it, it begins to deteriorate the quality the of ankle. the bone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and this isn't just bad. I mean, it's football, it's basketball. I, maybe Jared could tell us if it's also hockey, but three injuries. And so the players know like, Oh my God, they're going to literally execute Tom Izzo in front of us. If this rolled ankle oh, oh, doesn't get better, lickety split, you might see some behaviors begin to change. All right. Uh, yeah, so Tom did spend a fair amount of time playing his greatest hits, complaining about the youths. Uh, <laughs> but we brought Alex Plum uh, for that. Uh, but so he did good. also challenge media members to like go spend time with youths because maybe they would see how great they are. He's a real piece of work he, that Tom he jumps around. Tom he complained about leadership, but also said that he likes that he has a lot of older guys. Uh, that have some, failed. Yeah. I... Because because no one fails anymore, but his guys have failed. But no one like it's <laughs> Tom. Uh, you guys are you guys are, you're the idiots here. You're trying to make sense of a Tom Izzo. Tom has got to get out in front of the media and trot out some of his greatest hits. They're not all going to make sense because they're so weather worn. So just let him have his. Just let him have them. 
just trying, remember he's trying new material in there, new wrinkles. He just, just doesn't know how yet. Stuff. Next time you're like Tom Izzo for university president and spokesperson, mm-hmm. just remember just remember these that. moments. Uh, he, some of his leadership comments did talk about like bringing people along with you, which seemed based upon what we've seen to be a little targeted at AJ. Um, I think it would be fair to say, um, but I, he did talk about how it's easy when you haven't played a game, but he likes his team, but then did say, well, but sometimes just because you haven't played a game doesn't mean that it's easy and you don't always like your team. So he did seem to, he seems to be, uh, he, he doesn't seem to be in a good mood. And I say that as he seems to have expectations in a way that I don't know that we've quite seen out of him in the last few years. So um, the other piece that was interesting uh, as he related to culture was uh, the blending of the upper and lower classmen. I thought this was super fascinating, bringing in a highly touted class that seems to have paid appropriate deference to those who have gone before them. Yet the guys that have gone before them are also saying, yeah, but these guys are really good. So like, mm. um, last note that I, I have to talk about as it relates to Tom, he talked about charting most effective lineups. Uh Oh, and I said to myself, Tom, is this a new concept to you? <laughs> I mean, I know it is because I've seen what you do, but like, I just assumed you were tinkering still. Wow. I don't know. That was alarming to hear. But it's he said, I talked to my, so long. I talked to my staff and we're going to chart lineups you, this year. Have you, have you seen this? Have you heard about this? <laughs> have you guys heard about the plus minus? Is that, that's a, that's a thing. You can do it by lineup too. It doesn't have to be. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he also has it, not just in in front of the media, but with the media, talked about playing eleven players potentially this year. So there's going to be a lot of lineup permutations to chart. Uh, Andy H, good luck, buddy. Cannot yeah. wait to use your tweets for preparing for this podcast. Godspeed, my man. Thanks, friend. Uh, it's going to be it's going to cut way down on the YouTube production because you're going to be spending so much time running charts and numbers. Uh, all right, last up, let's do that hockey. Greg. Uh, so the season starts uh, Saturday, Lake Superior State. Uh, we'll do a full preview of that at some point. And by the way, to the casual listener, Lake Superior State's kind of the real deal. Uh, you might think like, oh, who? The the superiorites of Lake Superior State? And the, the, the supremacists. The supremacists. <laughs> but, rights. but in fact, in fact, it's a very... It's an actually good program. So anyway, college hockey is not intended to be something that anyone understands. This is why we bring on JD underscore uh, Jer Bear every yeah, we, we got to get him on. We got to get him on now. Underscare Bear. The under yeah underscare yeah sorry it's the it's the rum talking. Uh, but encouragingly, the Big Ten uh, conference coaches chose MSU third overall preseason. Oh, Adam Nightingale. Yeah, now this is his kind of move. Second season? Two. Yep. Yeah. Number All right. Two. Had a pretty big breakout season. So there's a lot of upside with this team. Yeah. It's exciting. Um, so get on down to Mun. Uh I did notice I tried to go look at for the MSU FCU free games this year. There ah. were none. 
Oh, which I was like, wow, wow. nights. Nice. That's huge. Bye. FCU can't get a whole section's worth of tickets for presumably like 10 bucks, I guess. So uh, that, that I was a it I was kind of horseshit last year because I signed over those tickets and I never got them. So, yeah. Um, but the, I mean, Mun was on a sellout streak in the, at the end of big 10 season, I believe. So that's awesome. Hopefully more of that. It is. Yes. Yeah. Let, uh, move it to uh, revenue neutral, by the way. Like this is the thing about hockey being revenue neutral is that that is funds that get allocated to other programs. Uh, so Correct. like you're not looking to make money on hockey, but if it doesn't cost you anything, that's a massive, massive deal for the rest of the department. Yes. Cause it's not a cheap sport. Um, Okay, uh, previewing the bye week, mentioned Tucker's got a hearing, and the other thing is, don't lose more guys to the portal. Ah, yes. So, with that, let's do these 44 Twitter, Twitter questions. Good let's do it. Should we also mention in here, m- maybe given our volume? that we Yeah, mentioned? so we're going to keep an eye on this, I think. Uh, it's We love the engagement, in all sincerity, but uh, looking at the timestamp right now, we're at an hour 10. Uh, so folks, we may be kindly asking that if you can limit it to two, uh, as more people get engaged, probably best. And at times, if we get this kind of responses, which again, we love, we may have to cut some redundant questions. And that doesn't mean we love you any less. Is that fair? Oh, to say? It, no, it, it might mean we love you any less, but if we love you any less, we're going to tell you, <laughs> we're going to tell you we're big on transparency here for sure. All right. First up tonight is Mike Jones, the real Mike Jones. First up for the fake Mike Jones is Noah Kim just really good at rock, paper, scissors. Why is he still the only guy getting snaps? Yeah. So this is interesting. Sheehan actually, I was listening to Sheehan's podcast said that Kate Hauser was in street clothes at the Iowa game. Uh, Plum, I was not able to listen to the broadcast. Did you happen to catch this? I, uh, watched quarters two and three and listened to quarter four on the radio. And I had <clears throat> no inclination on any of those broadcasts that Kate Hauser was in, uh, street clothes. So I don't know what that's about. Yeah. So I haven't seen this anywhere else other than Sheehan. Uh, but Sheehan doesn't usually wouldn't say something like that out of nowhere. Uh, but it is interesting to me that it might explain why Noah Kim got the entirety of that game though. I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I think Harlan Barnett mistook Nathan Carter's success for Noah Kim being successful. Uh, Cause anyone else would have pulled his ass a while ago. Um, but I don't know. Harlan Barnett was asked about Noah Kim in the post game press conference and did not endorse Kim this time. Correct. Yeah. So I suspect we are going to see a different quarterback this go round. Yep. Uh, next up from Mike Jones. Plump, why do we put ourselves through this pain? <laughs> well, we bleed green and white. We are self-loathing, um, friendly people who only want the best and refuse to grapple with the reality that is upon us, which is that the program itself has given up there is no God and we have been left to wallow our, in it. Our pastor has said there is no God. Is. Uh, <laughs> truly the madman from Nietzsche. Uh, uh, Greg, is Jonathan Kim the greatest MSU kicker of all time? Ooh, I mean, it's hard to say that when you got the great Dane that comes from 
that comes from your school. Uh, at one time, the NFL's all-time leading scorer. Uh, but or man, when you have Michael Geiger and yeah, I mean, and and I don't believe that fifty-eight yarder was the MSU. Uh, it was not. I, I think Morton Anderson no. does have that. Yeah, it was the fourth uh, longest. I'm told. So wow, I would have still clocked it at probably top two. Four feels down the list. What, what was it? Plum Morton Four. Anderson's is was it sixty? Or was it longer than 60? Uh, no, 62, I think, 62. is the longest. And he also had a 61, I think, or something. Yeah. yeah. I mean, dude, wow. he's good. So it's hard to put him in there, but he 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 definitely is very needed in this moment. So. Yep. Yeah. And you know what? Keep keep working that boot. Mm-hmm. Maybe you maybe you make the record. Yeah. He had he had yardage to give. Yeah, the leg. Next up from the verbose Dutch, excluding Nate Carter, who is the best potential player currently playing best for MSU. Positional. Best positional player uh, currently playing for MSU that transferred in. Hmm. So I think we got to exclude specialists. Is, so Jonathan Kim can't be the answer is, is how I'm taking the question. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, not Alante Brown. Nope. Um, not Jalen Berger. Okay. It might have been Mangum if he wasn't hurt the entire time. If we've uh, seen him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Plum's making faces. He's been hurt all season. It's, uh, <laughs> okay. Plum is now get, getting the machete. Uh, <laughs> um, Would it have been like a Jacoby? It, well, I don't know that... Uh, he says currently playing. I don't think Jacoby counts uh, anymore. Um, I mean, that's is it, is it Brule? Maybe is now it, is it Malik Carr? NBC kept telling me that he was the. <laughs> that, yeah, that's right. That's right. It's the Malik. best. That is, that is the answer. Player actually. on the team. Uh, though I like Brule though. Brule is an option. Let's go with Brule. Uh, can we? I just say real quick, Malik Carr got in a fight with people on Twitter over that them commenting that he got better at catching since he started wearing gloves, and he was saying I didn't want to, <laughs> and, and that they didn't have anything to do with it anyway. Uh, I just don't respect Malik Carr. Uh, next up from Ver- Verbose Dutch, if you're taking a short weekend trip, where is your favorite place to go? Michiganders, speak up here, Plum. Probably a, a for a short weekend though. Oh, I don't know. How far do you go for a short weekend? Four hours seems long. I was going to say Traverse City. It's probably a campground. It's probably a you got to do campground. like a lower peninsula. It's got to be a lower peninsula yeah. somewhere. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you're in if you're in Lansing, getting up to Traverse City or even to Mackinac is probably easy. But like it's an extra hour from Detroit. It just seems long. Yeah. I was going to say maybe. You maybe Saugatuck. Yeah. I was going to say like Grand Haven, Saugatuck, yeah. Ludington, maybe. Yeah, Ludington. Yeah, it's basically anywhere with a with a lake of some kind or or a river. Come to Detroit, Philly, the lovely Belle Isle. Oh, I can't believe Plum. We forgot Philly. (laughs) How did we not come up with Philly in all of this? (laughs) I would have said East Lansing because I would have schlepped the 10 hours for it. Wow. He you are a schlepper. You're a schlepper as it is. All right. Next up, Spartan JD113. Who's 2023 loss at Iowa was, was worse. Wow. Basketballs or footballs? It's basketball. This is good. It's basketball. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, 
And thank you for re-triggering me. I had forgotten that. Yeah, we, we had sup- uh, totally repressed that. Memory. That holy shit that was terrible. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, next up, Ev Marie. What's the chance MSU doesn't fuck up the coaching hire? <laughs> All right, Greg. Does the board get involved? Uh, there's a lot of rumor about this. Uh, that the board gets involved. I don't think that's ever really been confirmed with Tucker. Brian Masalem was on the board. I don't think he was on the board at that time. I think he was already gone. He was gone point. for the Tucker hire. He might've been on the board at that point, but I don't think because yeah, uh, it was him. And Brianna Scott were. I think if we're just outing rumors now, if we're just trafficking in this stuff. <laughs> the, the rumor is that the, the rumor is that Brianna Scott, was the vessel of Joel Ferguson on the board uh, and interfering with the the coaching hire. Uh, I don't think there's any actual reporting to suggest that that might be true. Um, but I I don't know. I, and even if she did get involved in some way, I don't know that this sounds... We've talked about this before with sporting rumors. There are certain rumors that come through that just seem a little informed by misogyny or racism. And hmm. this feels like it'd be a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. I'm not saying that Brianna Scott's the best, you know, representative for the university. I'm just suggesting there's no evidence to suggest that this is true. Are you and calling yet, me a misogynist and a racist? I'm just saying it's got elements. I did start it. with Brian. I started with Brian. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I I don't know the board how actually involved they get in this. They pay a search firm an awful lot of money. I think the president does get very involved in this. The problem is, don't have one of those really right now. Oh, God. Next up, upper jerk guy. Uh, wait, we didn't answer. Uh, uh, it's a non zero chance that I'm. Yeah. It seems uh, maybe even greater than 50%. Uh, Oh, wait, no, doesn't. Uh, it, less than 50%. Then. Less than 50%, yeah. Uh, next up, upper deck your guy. Should we just shut it down for this year? Seems like Hank Pepper did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like that after after the final, you know, the final seconds ticked off What's the game. weird is that you see some people really still competing on this team. The defense clearly hasn't given up. Yeah, sure. So, uh... Next up from Upper Guy, how long to rebuild? I mean, the the best possible outcome is like the Washington template, right? Of pretty gnarly coaching handoff. And then they kind of turn it around really quick, bring in a couple good transfers, discover yep. that you had some real talent on the team after all. And then Which we might on defense. Yeah. Scotty Hazleton's just a moron. And you might be right back at it pretty quick. I mean, Nate Carter, if you can hold on to Nate Carter, that's a weapon for the next couple of years. You can hold on to some of those guys on defense. Maybe Levitt turns out to be a dude. Or Hauser. Hmm. And the the receivers, despite the drops, don't seem terrible. You could use one dude. And the new coach, whoever they are, they're going to have green pastures to sell. They're going to have 
better things to sell than just about anyone else in the transfer portal. So, and as much as I'm happy that that Tucker's gone, we have talked repeatedly that he really did get stifled by having to eat a recruiting class and then not being able to recruit under COVID restrictions. So mm-hmm. say what you want, but like, and, and happy he's gone, but like really got handcuffed on his build. Um, and next finally after- from the upper deck jerk guy, are we just rooting for jerseys at this point? I've only ever rooted for the Jersey. Yeah. This yeah, neon, just give me neon. Uh, Some people are saying if we had one neon on the road at Iowa, we would have won. Why don't we do that? Just have a couple guys in the different Jersey. It's like an AB test. It's like in, uh, in volleyball when the captain gets to wear a different color or the center or something. Try it out. Try it out. That could be nice. Put, put the quarterback in a different, different uniform. All right. Next up, Joe Ashworth. Let's play the D'Antonio game. Kevin Grek, you can shuffle the current staff, but can't fire anyone. Which coaches are you moving to which responsibilities and why? Ross Ells cleans the latrines. <laughs> there aren't even latrines. We bring latrines in for Ross Ells to clean. Maybe he goes and cleans the porta potties after tailgating. Great. Um, Good roll. Oh, we didn't even talk about Ross Ells and the punt coverage yeah. that was busted. Yeah. Or how we all got, I think it was Nateate whose uh, helmet popped off. It was like, oh, good to see you, bud. Hey, there you are. You are on your back. No, no, Russell's primary recruiter of Nateate. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fuck. Uh, do, who would you, would, Jay Johnson's obviously not calling things anymore. Who I, would I you? kept seeing him on NBC no, up no, in no. the booth. No, 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 I'm saying in the shuffle game. Oh, gotcha. Who do you... It's Cap, Ephraim, or or Hawkins, right? You're putting one of them up there? Hawkins has been a college coach for all of, like, three years now. Has he played Madden before? Like, tell yes. me that... I mean, Literally. I'm not... I mean, because I was oh. I was correctly predicting Jay Johnson's play calling at a certain point in the third quarter. In fact, I called Michael Jones about it hysterical. So I, you know, uh, give Hawkins the D-line. Give... <laughs> Why not? Or the defensive coordinator, and then give uh, Ephraim the offensive line, uh, or give or Cap, give Cap the offensive coordinator. Why not? Why not? Who cares? It can't possibly be worse. That's you know what at, at this point that's true. Uh, next up like uh, from Joe Ashworth, uh, does MSU currently lead the country in quote football programs with a grifter problem end quote category? And how much do you attribute it to leadership, the leadership void at the university? Someone step up here. Well, uh, well, there's the obvious one and the one that cannot be debated in Tucker. That, wait, As that's the obvious one and can't be debated one? Or are we talking about Solemn and then Tucker? Yeah. Hold on. That, let's and then maybe Steve Andre also. Well, let, let, let's remember we got Tucker because we didn't have a president. We didn't have an athletic director. We didn't have anything. So we had an individual who used to take notes at the board meetings in his 3X oversized suit, boarding a private jet. He'd never ridden a private jet. Maybe had never flown commercial before and was tasked <laughs> with the responsibility of hiring a division one football coach. He walked up to the PJ and he was like, this isn't Southwest. And, and, and thought 
the answer. You saying PJ like you've been there before is the dumbest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and he thought the answer was $95 million. And Mel Tucker said, <laughs> if you're this stupid, then I take the job because you'll never be able to do anything to me. Mm-hmm. And and the hubris is why we're here today. But it is the hubris, it is generations, or at least four years worth of no leadership. So, and we would be stuck here. I mean, we would be, we, we for everyone who's yelling at Mel Tucker for getting into this place, you should be thanking Mel Tucker. Mel Tucker was never the guy. Any one of us, if offered $95 million to do anything would say yes on those contract terms. You'd be a fool not to. You don't need self-respect at $95 million. So good for Mel Tucker. And thank you, Mel Tucker, for being honest about your left hand. We are grateful, sir. We because we'd still be stuck here. Plum, as we've learned about Mel Tucker and that last <laughs> Um <laughs> Just to go back, Joe Ashworth is asking about leadership void. I mean, the ultimate grifter is Masalem, who was not just in the leadership void. He was the leadership until the good people of the state of Michigan recognized that and uh, politely removed him from that position. Yeah. But it it is funny how he did. He clearly seems to have figured out where the other grifters are. And he kind of made his way over there. And we don't know anything. This podcast doesn't know anything about the particulars of SD4L. It doesn't look good, though, on the outside. Uh, Do you think he managed that money, too? I don't know. Maybe that's part of why it it all gets shut down all of a sudden. (laughs) Mm. Mm. Uh, Next up, Keith Johnson. Regarding the Mel Tugger scandal... Uh, One, you guys are the only respectable MSU media source that has correctly criticized the administration and the press for their handling of the suspensions and suspension and firing. It's insane. The press pimped this lie that Alan Haller knew no details. Uh, let's not first get us conflated with. Yeah, media. it's kind of you to say, but we are explicitly not. media. So Keith Johnson, 32, that means there's no media. thing. <laughs> Uh, and I will say that, it, I, I mean, to Keith's point though, and for a lot of the intrepid reporting that there's been on this and, and we do want to like USA Today has done a really great job of, of countering things that Mel Tucker has said by using his own documents against him. Uh, and we're, we are thankful that Matt Macarini is back at the LSJ, but like, no one seems to be saying the quiet part from the statements out loud, which is that they are deliberately excluding Alan Haller from a lot of the what was known when. And you don't have to have the details. You, you, like, that's what's I can appreciate someone be like, well, I don't have it sourced. You don't need to have it sourced. You can just point to the statement. And say, <clears throat> yep. They didn't include him. And that's bizarre. Yep. Uh, next up from Keith Johnson, 32, I'm going to Keith, you're my favorite questioner so far. Uh, we should be demanding Alan Haller's balls. All right. Okay. 
getting spicy. Uh, it's as clear as day. If Mel was able to pay her off, he would, he would not have reprimanded him. He was praying all this would go away, even though they had the facts to fire him. Well, if they had paid off, if he had successfully paid off Brenda, Brenda Tracy, Tracy, as he's alleging she asked for, the university never would have found out about this at all, right? Because the, the yes. allegation is that Brenda Tracy approached him before filing the complaint. Yes, that yes, that would be accurate. Is that uh, yeah? It would have it would have happened before. I don't know if he tried to settle during the complaint or not, but. Well, she's claimed that he came to her. He's claimed that she came to him. Who knows what's true? I'm sure there was a conversation about money at some point in time. Yeah. Oh, there definitely was. And maybe they both decided, you know, maybe we could play this thing out in a way that we both get a huge amount from MSU. You know, what if we split the difference? Huh? Let's go. I'm not sure how successful that's going to be. But I'm not. That's one rumor we're not spreading on the podcast. But that is an interesting gambit all the same. <laughs> Next, from 30, from Keith Johnson, since you're the only reputable source of MSU information, what is your take on the Board of Trustees leak? I'm going to, again, push back on the first half of this, but the second half is a great question um, because we are generously included in maybe modicums of info, uh, but not much. Uh, but I do think we... What, what do we want to say about the leak? We should say something about the leak. Well, it did was... Did we say who... Did I say who I think it was on the pod? Did I say that not, at some... Oh, I've not? Okay. I just want to say sure? that I I called it very early. Well, and it, when it's him, we haven't talked about this yet, but the state news released that there was an initial draft, which I still don't even understand how they got this information or how this came to, to be there. That Brenda Tracy's uh, lawyer was a little bit more specific in her allegation about who was the leak. Um, and I want to make sure that it came from the MSU boardroom. Uh, she so first associated that it was, she first said that it was the trustees and then they changed it to an outside party. So. So maybe they Googled this person's name and saw that this person board of trustee and was, was not reelected. <laughs> yeah. But I just want to, Keith, I'm going to take a victory lap on this one. I know I didn't say it on the pod, but I'm going to take a victory lap when it comes through. I promise I called this a while ago. Oh, but it's shitty. And, and the question I think that you, that everyone should be asking themselves is, is what, who gains what from leaking? Right. Or. Is it just in line with your personality as a person who talks to literally everybody? Yeah. Or is it both? Ooh, in which case, both. the Venn diagram points to one, yeah, one person. There's a, there's a big name. Just that bubble overlaps. Um, Speaking of Keith's. From Johnson to Ski, uh, what's with the SD4L nonsense? I think we covered that. Um, then he asks, was Kim's lack of deep passes, him checking down or bad play design? It does seem like he playing scared out there, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, he, it seems like he's been playing scared since Washington. Yeah. 
He still hasn't learned how to step into the fucking pocket. I mean, I thought that was what you learned he, in the first day of quarterback. He failed on clean pockets, rarely. It yeah. was... He <sighs> also, like, I'm not a quarterback's coach, uh, but the mechanics, I can tell that the mechanics are bad. I know what quarterbacks is supposed to look like and what he's doing back there. Not good. It's But bad. then he'll also... He, there were a couple times where he could have bailed out on his runs where he kind of leaned in a little bit more I, and didn't dive. So it was like, why are you scared in the pocket? But then you'll take this hit out on the field. I, I There's got to be a difference that. between running into the hit. I, I, I know there is actually. Understanding where it is, where it's coming from, seeing it. You, you just, uh, I related to playing hockey, but like when you're going fast and you know you're going to hit somebody, whatever, right? But like when you get hit in a place where you're vulnerable, yeah. less fun, less fun by a lot. Understood. Uh, and then finally, from the Kiski, now what? It's not getting better. <laughs> it's not. It's not improving. I, we got to hope that the infrastructure doesn't fall apart. Yeah. Like that's what you're worried about. And we already saw the collective. Uh, we didn't mention this is Sparta. Supposedly, has stepped up to cover uh, payments for those football players that were deleted. So, yeah. But I mean, it's another collective that we really just don't have that much information about. No, yeah, and never will. Yeah. Next up, Greek omelet. We all asked for more QB sneaks on fourth and one. So are we to blame for that decision from our own thirty? Plum. Um, I maintain the fourth and one is not the problem here. The fourth, the going going for it on fourth and one is not the problem here. You, from our own thirty. I'm the one you go to for the unhinged reaction. So I'm telling you at that point in the game up three and you want momentum, go for the fourth and one fine, but you don't try to push 60 pound Noah Kim over the top of the pile. It doesn't make sense. You shot put him. You shot put him or you make his little legs go around this fucking side. So, uh, you know, yeah, it's, it's an, it's, uh, it was an unhinged play call. And, but, but then to call the play that everyone knew you were going to call when you went for it, gah. So, you know, and by the way, I didn't see a single flea flicker in this entire game. And that Thank right there, God. no, that was the real mistake. All right, next up, Kate Wall. Hi there, Kate Wall. What? How did she, this is great, Kate. I don't know who you are, but prop bet of the week. Uh, we used to get prop bets of the week from some unnamed yeah, I don't even charlatan who, who doesn't engage with us and or only engages with us in private as if uh, we're we're too lowly to be publicly acknowledged by him. <laughs> we, weren't, we weren't invited to thy shadows. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, sad, sad but, for us. But, but Kate, Kate adds, not Kate sure says, if I'm doing this right. And Kate, Kate, don't let your imposter syndrome get the best of you. That's all I'm saying. You're doing this right. Plum, go ahead. No, you 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 got it. Football losses versus basketball losses this season over under six point five. Greg, I mean, there's going to be more losses in football than 6.5. Yeah, I don't. Over. It's under. Oh, boy. We still haven't looked at the basketball schedule. I can't. Under. I'm excited about basketball. I mean, Tom's going to start looking at the lineup stats, so. I am projecting big time onto basketball because I am so... Furious about football. 
Well, hopefully, hopefully hockey can make up for some of that as well. Um, yeah. All right. Next up, Jason P. <laughs> Kate, great question. Thank you for doing yes. it. Uh, next, Jason P. What is more impressive? One offensive touchdown over 11 quarters or six turnovers over the last eight quarters? Uh, woof. Uh, first, I think you're confused about what impressive means. But, uh, <laughs> no, no, keeps, no, 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 no. You keep saying this word. I, I, I don't think it means what you think it means. It can be negative. Impressive. Yeah, just, we it, just it, use it, it positively. Impressed in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's got to be six turnovers because that's just incredible. That's a yeah. beautiful rate. It's great. Yeah, we've seen like truly anemic offenses before, but an offense that also turns yeah. the ball over at this rate. Yeah. Pretty impressive. Even better. Uh, Kevin Greck, should Jay Johnson get a raise? Of course. Why not? Why, yeah, not, why not at this point? What's 1.35 million a year? You know? Yeah. Child's yep. play. Uh, all right. Next up, Tim Airbright. Not a question, just a thought. Tim isn't the guy who can lead this team when they need him to. Tim, Tim, welcome to the pod. Yeah. Uh, More again, thoughts like that. So often our questioners come in and they're just like, hey, what if I just distill an entire segment that you spent 10 minutes on in one, in sentence, one sentence and give it to you in Twitter questions? Frankly, you should be the podcast, Tim. So yep. hit us up in the DMs. Michael Jones, next up, Stephen Douglas. Does Barnett really love MSU? I'm starting to have doubts. Did he really ask the reporters and players during his post-Iowa presser ways to be more consistent and limit turnovers? Maybe he could take a look at the QB position or something along those lines. Stephen, he did really ask that. Yeah. And he said he was going to call other people that he knows. I, 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 I don't think you, you can't question his love for MSU, though, I think. No, you can't. Uh, But what's interesting to me is I remember, I think you both will remember this as well, when Mark D'Antonio got hired, Mm -hmm. that the big departure from John L. was indeed the consistency. Yeah. Harlan Barnett has someone there who can speak to discipline and consistency. Uh, Who he was having a chuckle with on the sidelines in the fourth quarter when things were falling apart. Hmm. Mark's, Mark's Mark's in retirement mode. Yeah. Um, there's a reason we're not Mark's not in consideration forever coaching football ever again, but uh, yeah, it, it felt like a, a lot of head coaches have that moment of like, Oh, it's over. Uh, mm. John L slaps himself. Something that makes sense at the time, but you had to like understand it. Uh, a lot of coaches have been like, uh, I don't know. This is kind of that. It's like the man. chuckle. It's over for you. Or, or the asking, do you guys, you guys got any ideas? Yeah. It, it's their job to cover the team, Harlan. Yeah. It's your job to coach it. And, and uh, I understand that if you want to make it like a light of the situation, or like I'm open to anything. Listen, I'm open to anything right now. But it's like your literal job is to know what to do in this situation. Yeah. And, and it's not like you haven't been the DC somewhere. You, yeah. you should know what you're doing. Uh, next up, Beth Amaro. Beth asks, is there any indication of what Mark D'Antonio might be contributing to this hot mess? He always looks like he'd just rather be somewhere else. Well, he was having a good chuckle on the sideline, apparently. Yeah. And he also, he always looked like he wanted to be somewhere else, even when he was very committed to being here. So <laughs> yes. It's, yes. It's, that's fair. It's yes. hard to judge. I think he's being really careful not to try to get into the mess, uh, not to have any ownership over this fucking thing, and to probably answer the questions that the guys were asking. But... I think he's in a very tough position. He knows all of these fuckers are dead and he's trying to salvage whatever 
reputation he can and part of the program, but you can't overstep. He also probably looks at this as like, this is the end of like my legacy too. Of yeah. like the next coach that comes in is going to boot everything. Yeah. It's going to be a complete, like it was a pretty big change of pace from yeah. D'Antonio to Tuck. But this next one, he's in the record books at that point. He's old history. Yeah. He's old. That's right. Next up, Spartan 18770. Does anyone really think the university is up to the task of hiring a competent coach this time around? They're, they're perfectly legitimate questions to be asked about that. That's for sure. Yes and no. Uh, next up from Spartan 18770. Do fans realize that Coach D'Antonio has never intentionally recruited a serviceable quarterback in his tenure? That's also true. I mean, he had very successful quarterbacks in right. his tenure, but I don't know. Would you say that he knew he got Kirk Cousins when he got Kirk Cousins? I don't know. I mean, because he went and got Keith Nickel for a reason. Right. Uh, I don't know the Connor Cook recruiting story. But he didn't want to play Connor Cook. Right. Mm. Well, he, he wanted to play think, Maxwell. I think everyone has kind of agreed though that counter cook was kind of a gamer that like didn't show it in practice and like you, you don't know until you know type of dude i i think d'antonio was not good at picking quarterbacks that that's fair to say that seems yeah true uh next up from thomas oh sorry uh next up from spartan 18770 which is a dumber question to ask someone a Asking a current coach of a team in the middle of the season if they would be interested in coaching another team next season, or B, asking your wife if you can get a monthly subscription to a 19 year old coeds OnlyFans page. <laughs> so good. Touche. Touche is right. This is, I believe, in response to the head coach of Kansas State saying Kansas State, yeah. uh, zero interest in Michigan State. Um, Tucker said that too. Yeah. But also, like, there might be real reasons that the coach at Kansas State said that. And that's okay, too. Like, I respect the hell out of that. I want someone to come here who's going to say that about Michigan State. We used to have one of those. That's right. Yeah. So, good. honestly, if that's true, good for Kansas State. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. you got your guy. That's great. Uh, next up from Thomas Zambiasi. Why does the staff seem to insist on putting the players in the worst possible places to not succeed? Well, they're moved on. They're 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 updating their resumes. They're doing inter interviews up in the booth, presumably. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So. In between the NBC cuts, it's Jay taking his tie off yep. uh, from a Zoom call. Uh, next up from Thomas Zambiasi, what's the funniest version of Shoe Watch that we could get from this coaching search? Plum. Mm. shoe watch what can we do to top shoe watch there's really nothing we can do to top shoe watch uh cuffed pant watch uh frumpy suit watch could there be a zillow integration at this point in time is there a zillow api to the flight tracker <laughs> it has to be something and and do we need a whole separate website for the flight tracker i mean his his uh Will X even be able to have that account on it isn't elon still a little butthurt about the whole thing oh the rumor about Harbaugh uh, taking the job in uh, Ann Arbor started with his family coat uh, starting to look around at Catholic schools that they could go to, and that got out. So I wonder, oh, something related to that. 
Interesting. Um, it could be something like Lansing Catholic, you know, accidentally leaks that <laughs> someone's kids are enrolling uh, on Monday. How many homes are there in Tom Izzo's neighborhood? That's true. We could just park just on and just wait there because D'Antonio lived there, right? Yeah. And Tucker lived there. Yeah. And Knights lives there as well, maybe? Probably. It's if you make a lot of money, that's the neighborhood for you in East Lansing. <laughs> okay. So that's where you live. Maybe. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not. Uh, next up, uh, from Thomas Zambiasi, what questionable business model will be the next inadequate alternative to paying players as employees? Uh, OnlyFans page. Mm-hmm. The Plaxico Burris, as other people call it. Uh, Next up is Ali. Uh, Plum, I thought billionaires kept their promises. My world is shooketh. 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 (laughs) Inkling that this is not true. What do I do? Which bridge do you recommend I hoist myself off of? Well, I think you need to go make a billion dollars. You make a billion and then you keep your word. And this is proof that they will in fact and always have kept their words ali so until you are a billionaire giving a billion dollars to the program you know who are we to judge these guys are just humble hard-working billionaires well yeah they're better than us they're better yeah. they're better than us they know better than they're us definitely well, better than us this next one is also for you the remnants of this staff love next gen stats what are the stats on an 185 pound twig doing a QB sneak against one of the best defensive lines in the conference on your own 30. Oh, uh, that was the one in the same play. That was the same play. I, I missed the same that. play. Yeah, it was the same play. Uh, they're good. The stats are very good. Very high trending toward 100%. I don't know what you're implying by asking that question that way. <laughs> and plum, this last one is also for you. Given your degree, oh, this I- team needs a purge. <laughs> Who's your leading purge candidate? Stalin. Mao or Pol Pot? Well, I would have said COVID, uh, but that seems too on the nose. Um, oh, God, Pol Pot. Jesus, there's some <laughs> fucking dark things here. Um, to be clear, Drek cut questions and kept this one. Yep, yeah, this is the one that I chose. Ollie gave us five, I chose question. this one. <laughs> sounds really good. We were talking about the game during the time. This was the energy that I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> It is true, though. We had very little else to go off of at that point. So, yeah. So I'll, you take, a, I'll a take a dip- Stalin. I'm, I'm, we need banishment. Takes, yeah, that's fair. Why not? And Stalin's more fun because then you get like the Photoshop involved of like yes. revisionist history, removing people from pictures, putting ladders on the sideline where there were clearly no ladders before. Yeah, uh, I'll go Stalin on this one. Next up from Dan Hellpepper. If he really can't fire the OC, which far side inspired method should Harlan resort to during the bye week? One, hide behind a dryer with the door marked J. Johnson FUD. Uh, two, elephant hit man. Or three, spider web across bottom of the playground slide. Three. I like three. I like yeah. three. Why not three? I, I, I like J. Johnson. Food. 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 Food into food into uh, next from Dan Hellpepper. What what did Keon and Peyton know, and when did they know it? Seriously, you think that maybe le- they maybe left because of the rumors of Tuck's impending demise? 
I don't think that that's true. Yeah. I think it's a little revisionist, I think. Uh, yeah, because, uh, things are not going better for Peyton to be clear. And he went to play with Hugh Freeze. Yeah. Hugh Freeze. Yeah. yeah you want to talk about, you want to talk about interceptions. <laughs> Peyton, uh, Peyton has those. Yikes. Uh, fi- and finally from Dan Helpapa, uh, what would Harlan have to do for you guys to want to hire him? There is literally nothing that he can do. <laughs> He could he would beat have to Michigan be a different accident. human being. Yeah. Yeah. He couldn't. He couldn't beat Michigan and Ohio State and make me want him. Right. I think if he does both of those, then I'll give him a shot. Then that's the condition. I mean, but, what would yes. have to happen for that? For that? If he turns it culturally around and they beat Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State, then I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. But just beating Michigan, for example, not going to do it. I'll be like, congrats, Harlan. Yeah, that was everyone's, everyone beats Michigan every once in a while. And to be clear, the interview needs to still happen. And the first question is, are you changing any of the coordinators? Yes yeah. or no? Uh, and, and if Harlan did beat uh, Michigan, then we could have our last three head coaches have winning records against Michigan. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be great. Uh, next up from Tyrone, uh, one Graham has been a little blue wallish lately, so I'm going with Tyrone Plum for a bit. Uh, (laughs) I did see this, this has made me quite happy. Head of the Plum fancying club here, uh, blue balls over blue walls, anyway. Uh, right, Plum, also Noah Kim, woof, Harlan. I want to like you, but woof. I'll call it the woof shed this year. The woof shed. Love that. Uh, Next up from Tyrone Couch. I once got a date with a beautiful doctor because my son told her he wanted to be a neurosurgeon. My brother effed it up when he told her I was a teacher paying $983 a month in support and alimony and had the kids half the time. Ex-wives equal horse. Don't have kids. Now you know. Um, <laughs> FYI, <laughs> be advised. Thanks for the. She got thing. she got one glimpse underneath the hood, and she was like, "I don't, I don't need that smoke." <laughs> uh, last up, rant of the week from Tyrone. Uh, moms that let their children use pacifiers when they begin speaking. My ex did it to prove I didn't know anything as a language teacher. I actually do. They used it until they were about six. <laughs> My daughter sounds like Lou Holtz. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. You were gonna read it. I had to. He goes on to say, uh, (laughs) you know, the next part I can't. I I want to, but I can't do it. Touchdown. (laughs) MFU. (laughs) <laughs> ah, touchdown. Oh, yes. I, I need therapy. therapy. Yeah. Well, we all do, frankly. Tyrone Plum. So <laughs> next up, Carl, you do too much, bro. Jay Johnson and Chris Cap are in an elevator with you. Your floor is next. You smirk as you release a violent, spiteful cloud of spiced meats, double IPAs, and methane. How many floor buttons between you, your current stop, and their destination are you smashing as you leave? Mm. All of them. Yeah. Let it linger. I don't even Let need to do th- th- that. I don't need this, the cloud. I would still push all those buttons just yeah. to piss them off. 
Well, just because then like it stops them from going up to call plays and maybe we get someone else in there for a little period of time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You'd be a hero. Uh, next up from John Hubbard. At what point is it considered self-harm to willingly watch this team? Mm. Well, we'll be here for all of you Yep. every week. Uh, in, in all seriousness, these are the moments where you earn your bona fides. As that's a, a good point. Fan. That is a good point. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Say, say what you want. But you love the school, you love the team, whatever. Um, Next up, John Hubbard has plumbed and back to the tin can yet to fix his wall art. I don't know. They erased it. They erased. They knew. They They knew. They knew early. They knew before I did, and good for them for knowing. Uh, But I refuse to take any responsibility for anything I've ever said or done. My bad. Next up from Nate C. Do you think Jay Johnson should ever coach high school or would it be better if we kept him away from any developmental system at this point? I mean, he's stolen enough money from MSU that I don't think he has to go back to high school. That's for, that's for sure. Yeah. Even yeah. coach high school, not ever even coach. No, um, yeah, that's right. I wouldn't trust him with like sharp objects. I don't think I wouldn't trust him with my child. Yeah, no. sure. No, 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 no. Next up from Nate C. Let's laugh and pretend this team could still get a bowl, as we've established. Mathematically impossible. Impossible. Anyway, tell me why you think a bowl wouldn't be harmful and continue to reinforce bad habits with the players, make it even harder on the next coach. That is such a brutal takedown of the current regime that like, no, we don't want you touching them or being around them or (laughs) interacting with them in any way. But that's the whole point. And this is why we are so grateful. Defense has gotten better. Well, have they? Yeah. Against Iowa? They weren't bad against, I mean, they weren't bad against Maryland either. Huh. I mean, Washington, whatever. Mm. Uh, next up, Mamopolief. What would be right about working with what you have? What would be right about working with what you have and concentrate on scoring field goals and strategizing punts for best field position? Can someone read this better than me? I think what she's saying is uh, I've been watching football for a long time. What if we went back? I mean, the old D'Antonio Ferentz games were this. Trestle ball. Trestle ball. Yeah. Trestle ball. I think on on paper, offenses are stronger than they used to be. Hmm. But the Big Ten, and I uh, made this observation after the game, is just mostly just a bunch of turds swirling in a bowl the the turdiest perhaps is us maybe it's indiana maybe it's nebraska uh but uh it there are games to win out there and maybe trussell ball could do it i don't know just brutally next up from mamapolief uh don't you now wish that plum had just scheduled his wedding to cover each and every weekend of this autonomous autumnable Season. Autumnal? Autumnal. Autumnal. Autumnable. Uh, there's still time. There's still yeah. time. I could continue to get married routinely. We could celebrate. Yeah. Your union. yeah. Just a lot of uh, rehearsals that so need many. to be attended. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And, yeah. and you're going to pay for the open bar at every one of these, correct? That's yep. Correct. Thank you. Yes, that's... Next from Mopoli. Finally, uh, help answer why there is a much bigger issue than losing uh ball games at msu as in who's at the helm and why can't they get it together this is in reference to a kinesiology professor who 
was uh, arrested prior with as a meth lab. Is that right? Yeah, Drek, you read right. the yeah. article. It looks like he uh, had been arrested in Louisiana for operating a meth lab. Then he misrepresented his name and getting hired by MSU in the background check didn't pick it up. Uh, but he was a very unreliable professor in many different ways. It's a uh, it's embarrassing for the university. That is for sure. Is it though, Kevin? When there's enough that's been embarrassing, is this embarrassing any longer? Just put it on the pile. Just pile it on over there. Um, yeah. I mean, there's definitely a leadership void at the university. There is. Uh, there's no doubt about that. There has been for some time. I mean, it, even Stanley. Time. You know, Stanley just, wasn't exactly taking charge of the situation. That's for sure. No. Uh, next up, CT and TC. Asking bigger picture questions. Is this the beginning of the NIL bubble bursting? This is presumably in reference to SD4L. Yeah, well, I I would, CT, I, I think it's, I think we covered this, but it's, you didn't capitalize when you had a chance to build up the infrastructure around your, your right. thing, and then the bottom fell out from your program. And, uh, and you have to sit in it for a whole season. You fired a coach at the end. At least there's the immediate sort of like afterburner kicks in for a new hire, right? Yep. You're just gonna sit in your filth, stinky, stinky. Which coach. I've grown to appreciate. I, mm. I like it now. Uh, but no, I think this is an isolated incident. I don't think there needs to be some kind of regulation to happen for the NIO bubble to burst. This isn't gonna do it. You don't think yeah. billionaires will get bored? Or do you think a new billionaire will just come along every now and again and be like, I want to play around? There are just a stupid number of billionaires. I've said this on this very podcast. Yeah. Where do they all keep coming from? Too Why many. are there so many of them? Too many. Why are people buying golf courses to put houses on them? It's ridiculous. Uh, next up from uh, CTNTC, if the rumors are true and the Big Ten adds four additional members from the ACC, how will that be functional? Uh, we're not doing conference realignment stuff right now, CTNTC. <laughs> There's other stuff going on here. Welcome back. You're at the wrong podcast right no, now. But, but if but if it does happen, we're in the relegation league, and that's uh, that's where we deserve to be. So, but uh, if the rumors are true, uh, I assume when you ask how will that be functional, you mean how will this podcast function with Plum's eyes? glazing over more than they currently have also what four would it be we struggle to come up with two at times <laughs> not at times unc at NC, times. florida state miami Clemson, miami sure. vatech vatech jatech jatech i actually haven't seen these rumors like truly this tells me about my media uh my media consumption right now that like yeah. i'm just fully out of this game at the moment <laughs> yeah nothing's real no uh, and finally real. uh what's your favorite sport to watch a team usa in well not the Ryder cup <laughs> uh if they're uh whenever they were competing against uh why is his name escaping me fuck Uh, I would, I would take probably basketball. Uh, that is like the oh, true team Bolt. USA, right? Is, is the basketball Olympic team? Yeah. Oh, I was just saying that anytime team USA was competing against Usain Bolt, who's not American to be clear, but he was fantastic. <laughs> oh yeah. 
So you were just watching Usain Bolt at that? Yes, point. but like, I don't. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say basketball on this, uh, or bobsledding. I don't know. Uh, next up from J Rob MSU, I have a lot of questions. Number one, how dare you? <laughs> I assume it's directed at Mel Tucker. All of us, us for existing still, for bringing attention to the football program. For There's a being lot to go around. What hour, one hour, and what time on this podcast for a week of pure misery? Uh, yeah, how dare us indeed. And finally, from the Mr. Neurotic Pants, from the Instagram DMs, Mr. Neurotic Pants, we, did, we put a lot of work in getting these on over here. Uh... Number one, will this MSU team surprise us in any good way this year, or is it the rest of the season ass and sewage? Ass and sewage. I think the surprises we were going to get have already happened. That's right. That's the right. secondary is better than we thought. Okay, that's good. And yeah, even our perfect punter can still shank the ball every once in a while. Maybe as we're sitting though, if for the rest of the season in our ass and sewage, maybe something nice will float by and we'll be like, Oh, that's lovely. Something the, you wouldn't a, get a excited turn, about. Turn bowl. Yeah. Some that so you wouldn't get excited about under normal circumstances, but you're there and you're like, Oh, look yeah, at that. Shaped interesting. Yeah. That, that wad of toilet paper looks like Mel Tucker. That's uh, shaped interesting. <laughs> Next from uh, Mr. Rock Pants, will you order a bumper sticker that reads "Keep Chopping" and quote, "Trust the Scriptures" from Mel Tucker miniseries ministries That's ministries. Ministry. Sorry, I'm leaned back, mm. and this I the new Mr. Rock Pants. All angle. I remember are our our shows that we had together, which that was quite the episode. The, the one where Mel calls Brenda Tracy. Um, my God! I wish that one hadn't made it to air. We uh, cut that one. <laughs> Shit! It got erotic, and we thought that was too edgy. Uh, <laughs> that was when it was like, "Oh, this is on HBO. We got to do something." <laughs> uh, uh, and finally, number three uh, for Mister Erotic Pants, Jonesy. Have you ever put a sedative in Alex Plum's drink? <laughs> End the episode with. Have you ever roofied Plum? Not yet. But there's time. <laughs> there's always time. Uh, is this a critique, Plum, do you think, in your performance on recent episodes? I don't think. Or, or the last 30 ish yeah. minutes. <laughs> you know, oh, was... Maybe this was prophetic from uh, oh, the erotic Oh my God. Yes. It's happening. It happened. It's been happening. It's happened. All right, guys. Uh, it's a shit sandwich in East Lansing, but uh, all the same, it doesn't change. Go green. Go white. Go white. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Priceline. 